Welcome to VetStar. This is Kevin Horgan, co-founder, along with Charlie Scott, of our free and open venture to bring veterans into the limelight through stories, biographies, subject matter expert interviews, leadership lessons, and sometimes ranting and raving and howling at the moon. Now, Vets Talk is a collaboration with Zach Knight and Knightley Productions and Vetlanta, a team that networks with transitioning veterans to make the Atlanta area the first choice of locations to settle in, to live, work, play, and pray, and maybe raise a family, to stay connected to our tribe, the veteran community. Hi, everybody. Kevin Horgan here uh, with a new version of Vets Talk. I have my good friend Otis McGregor here. He is the CEO and leader of the company Tribe and Purpose, and he's going to tell us about how he got to where he is right now. So, Otis, without any further ado, tell us about yourself. Yeah. Hey, Kevin. Uh, great to be here. Man, I appreciate the uh, opportunity to share, share some of my story and, and in the hopes of not grandstanding, but to share some lessons in, in how how I overcame some of the problem sets that uh, I dealt with, and some of them I'm still dealing with. So I grew up in Texas. Uh, you know, I'm a I'm a deep Texas boy, deep in the heart, uh, deep in my blood. Went to Texas A&M. Uh, while I was there, I, I enlisted in the National Guard because somebody told me it was one of my upperclassmen told me that you got to get some experience before you can become an officer. So I, I was, I was spot on. I was already reading books on leadership. I said, you know what? There's no better way to know what my soldier's life is like than to be a soldier. So I enlisted in the Texas national guard. Uh, I was a tank driver first. Uh, my tank was five years older than me, by the way, uh, for those of you know, uh, no, the original, well, not the original, the pre-M1 was the M60. And mine was just, it wasn't an M60A3. It was just an M60 uh, <laughs> to show you how old it was. Uh, so I did that for part of my college time. And then I became a, uh, a LURSU, a long-range reconnaissance and surveillance uh, scout uh, for the 49th Armored Division. If you look over my my shoulder there, you can see the patch in the background. Uh, and then I received my commission as an engineer and took my beautiful Texas bride with me to our first duty station, Fort Wainwright, Alaska. And let me tell you, people talk about going overseas to Germany and Korea. Life is completely different in Alaska. And it was, it was quite the hardship because this was pre-internet, of course. And and when the, you know, the long distance phone calls were, were 9 30, 10 o'clock at night, uh, the only way that we could afford it. Uh, while there, I volunteered for special forces, uh, became a Green Beret, um, a 10 special forces group guy. Uh, that's what brought us out here to Colorado. Uh, spent some time doing that back and forth, paying the piper in the beltway back in DC, because uh, I had a lot of fun as a young captain. And then I paid the price as a young major. I'll just say that the army has ways of working, working things out on you. Came back here, uh, spent some more time in 10 special forces group. Uh, my, my always will be, uh, my home regiment, uh, helped stand up us Northern command. Uh, when it first kicked off, uh, went over to sock special operations command, Europe helped stand up the NATO special operations command both in Belgium and uh, out in Kabul, Afghanistan. 
uh, and then came back here to U.S. Northcom to retire and kind of did my my one year uh, commitment, my one year retired on active duty, as as we jokingly call it. Uh, and then uh, that was when my plan ended, ironically. I, I was when I was a young cadet at Texas A&M, I knew exactly what I wanted to do with my life. I wanted to spend 20 years in the Army and become a lieutenant colonel. When I retired, all of my plan existed. My only plan, my only thought was to get a job. Just had to have a job because that's all I've ever done in my whole life since I was 14 was work. Always working. Always had a job. Always doing something. And that was the biggest mistake I made in my life was just going for a job. I spent the next seven years doing what I call bouncing around the job desert, working for five different companies, having my own consulting business, clueless, hated every one of them. No offense to any of the companies. It was definitely a, remember what you used to tell your girlfriend, it's not you, it's me. Uh, (laughs) It was definitely a me problem with each of those companies because they're great companies, every one of them. and it wasn't until the, the last company I was working for, great job, guy, the owner of the company stood, created the job just for me, chief strategy officer for the small business in my hometown of Fort Worth, Texas. So even when I was traveling back to the headquarters, I was going back home. And in that job is when I finally had hit that pain point where I said, it's time to change. And I was sitting here in my home office feeling sorry for myself one summer afternoon, late June. And as I sat here wondering what was wrong with me, there was obviously something wrong with me pointing at myself for all the problems. I looked at my life since leaving the army and realized two things have been consistent in my life since leaving the army, my family and rugby. You see, right after I retired from the army, uh, my youngest son decided he wanted to play rugby. And my wife and I did the typical mid-America sort of thing where she would pick him up from school, drop him off at practice, and on the way home from work, I'd grab him. Well, I got kind of curious. I'd never played rugby. got kind of curious about this game, and I started leaving work earlier and earlier. And next thing I knew, I was an assistant coach. (laughs) And then turned around, I was the head coach. And uh, we were winning state championships, nationally ranked. Uh, I coached the all-star team for the state for a number of years, all because I I put forth the effort to learn, to learn a skill and become a student of the game. And the point of that was, as I was doing the analysis, is why was I spending so much time in a game I'd never played? Yeah, of course, I wanted some time with my son, but my son graduated. So why was I so committed to it? Right. And as I looked at it, I said, well, there, there's three factors. There's the game of rugby. Love the game. Amazing sport. A lot of teamwork, strategy, hard work. Number two, the boys. You know, that team, that club, our house was the clubhouse. Gave my wife and I 35 extra sons in and out of our house all <laughs> the time. And then number three, yeah, chocolate chip cookies and lemonade was was her thing. Man, if if – if one boy showed up, the oven was on and she was cooking cookies for him. Uh, but the thing that I realized was what was really fueling me was being their coach, was teaching, mentoring, guiding, challenging those young men to achieve their goals, to do more than they thought they could, 
holding them accountable for doing what they said they would. And as I realized that, I started to talk to some friends of mine about, well, how does that skill translate anywhere else? And I got introduced to a concept, you know, that I'd never heard of executive coaching, leadership coaching, business coaching. I'd heard of life coaching, but that's Tony Robbins, right? I didn't even think, you know, that, that's a whole different category right. of people. Right, right. So I started to talk to some folks in my network and found out that at the second and third levels of my network, there are, there were, and there still are some very successful coaches. Bought them cups of coffee, learned how they became coaches, set up my own path to become a coach, took my consulting business, flipped it on its head and turned it into a leadership coaching executive strategist business and uh, changed the name to tribe and purpose. And that's what I've been doing. Been focusing on my, and, and, and in that point, in that discovery, I discovered what, what my purpose is and my purpose is to create a legacy of leaders because great leaders create great organizations. And with great organizations in our communities, we have better communities. And we have better communities around the world, we're gonna have a better world. That's my driving factor. That's my purpose, my fuel that gets me going. I have tons of passions. One of my passions is giving back to the veteran tribe and helping veterans, soon to be veterans, really fellows, transition from active duty to their next phase of life, their next adventure of life, I like to refer to it as, helping them so that they don't struggle and wander the job desert like right. I did aimlessly without purpose. So that is, I get fired up about doing that. I get fired up about helping people live with intention in pursuit of their purpose to achieve their own success. Man, you can see, uh, if y'all are watching on video, even if you're just listening, this first time you heard me talk, I get I get excited when I talk about this. <laughs> well, yeah, that's really evident, Otis, in in just every breath you're taking right now. I uh, I, I want to ask I want to ask about your business because there's a lot of people transitioning now that struggle with the ability to create a business with um, advising, executive coaching, and the like. Um, so let me ask you a couple a couple pieces. I'm ignorant of it because I'm I'm retired. I don't do anything. But customer acquisition. How much time do you spend mm -hmm. on that? And then do you have a pipeline of people? Do you delegate things outside the organization? Tell us about Tribe and Purpose. Yeah. So uh, I'll start with the, the the biggest lesson I learned. The, the, the biggest business lesson I learned is that if you build it, they will not come. This is not the field <laughs> of dreams. I, I, I put together a business. I wrote a book. Uh, I said, this is who I am. I did a couple of posts on social media and then I waited for the phone to ring, you know, like a, like a 16 year old girl waiting for that cute boy to call her and ask her out to prom. Right. <laughs> that phone never rang. I mean, I, I waited at the door, the doorbell never rang, the package never showed up. What I realized is if you have the cure for cancer and you don't get it to the people who need the cure, it does no good. So that's the seat. That is Wisdom. the biggest lesson I've learned <laughs> is how do I get what I do in front of the people who need it? How do you find them? 
And that's that's a work in progress. It always is. Where, you know, what is our niche? Our niche is small business leaders in the 10 million in revenue range. You know, that's kind of like the mean of it, if you will, who are struggling to continue to grow their business. Their business is flatlined mm -hmm. in revenue. So finding those people is the art of success in the business and getting in front of them. Way we've had success to this point is word of mouth, which is 100% a great way of doing it because oh, yeah. it's like, hey, Kevin, I got this guy I know that, uh, you know, does roofs and right, he's a right. really good roofer. You, you know, that hailstorm, right? Call this and dude. I, right? and if I, I mean, trust you, then I'll trust your recommendation, right? Exactly. So, who are you calling? You're calling that dude, right? Well, yep. those sort of yep. referrals are huge for business. I don't care what kind of business you're in. Word of mouth, direct referrals are huge, but they're, they're not scalable. To scale your business, you have to go beyond the direct referrals. And that's what we're working on in progress of, uh, you know, those of you who follow me, if you don't follow me, you can find me on LinkedIn. The, you know, dad's there. Dad is Dr. Otis McGregor Jr. He's got a couple extra letters on his <laughs> name. Dad, dad is no shit uh, retired rocket scientist. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a rocket scientist. I ain't got no doctor in front of my name. Uh, so it's just Otis McGregor on LinkedIn. That's where you can find me and you can follow me there because what we're doing is we're sharing what we know and how to be successful. And that's, that brings people in. It solidifies your brand for those of you understand in marketing that solidifies the brand of your business because now I've got valid evidence. Not only do I have, you know, the referrals from people and the, the reviews and comments that, yeah, dude did a good job. Those, that roofing job was awesome. You know, that sort of thing, but you also see the action of me in video, me on my podcast, my son and his actions and his, him in the videos and, and him on the podcast. And that validates that we're real people. And what you see is what you get. The brand yeah. is who we are. So that's when you think about that and that's scaling, that's that's how you do it. And that's what we're in the middle of. That's that's the fight we're doing right now is truthfully uh, shifting from one to one coaching, which is beautiful. But I think people, me and the business, I can affect I can create a true legacy of leaders by scaling it to group coaching. Sure. And now that we're coming out of COVID, larger now that we're coming out of COVID, you're going to have more opportunities for live speaking engagements and 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 meeting with groups because uh, Zoom, you can only get so much of a message across on Zoom, right? Uh, you really, it's so much better to be able to break bread and look them in the eye. Hey, can you tell us oh, about yeah. your book? I see it over. Is that your book up there? That is. That is enable your team's success. Okay. So what that book it, it is. It is how to be successful. It's a quick read, uh, how to be successful and create a team that has an attitude and a culture of continuous improvement and success in it. In that sense of how do you, how do you not only understand who you are, because that's step one as a leader, you got to understand who you are. How do I make decisions? What's important to me? What are my values? Because our values are the things that we make decisions with. 
and how we choose, you know, when you make that decision, you know, that's, uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to think of something that's not too nefarious uh, when you go against your values, but you know, that pit you have in your stomach when you do, sure. and you sure. go, Oh man. Yeah. That just doesn't feel well. That That's why if you don't understand your values, that's what's going on. So understanding what your values are, what your foundation is, who you are as a leader and where you want to go. Then mm-hmm. building a team that believes in that also. And what I did is I took Tucker's uh, process, the, uh, uh, form norm storm process that he, he established, I think it was in the, the mid sixties and I modified it and added to it a little bit. And I just sure. call it forming, norming, storming, assessing, and adapting. I added those two steps in and I talk about that in my book and why those two steps are so important because those two steps, if you add those into your your process, your circular flow, your continuous improvement. Now you're you're identifying, all right, what did we do? How did we do it? What are we missing? What do we what do we do well? What can we build on? What right. do we need to stop doing? Who need who do we need to fire? Who do we need to hire? <laughs> and then we're back to adapting and back in that circular flow again. So you so, have to have a mindset. So uh, let me ask you a question. And it's uh you're a Green Beret. I got tons of respect for Green Berets. They're like the thoughtful, crazy combat people. Um, uh, and that's really the way we always thought them. They're, they're smarter than the average bear. Uh, um, but how do you how do you relate to, uh, I mean, a Green Beret, you know, slouch. You spent 20 years serving your country. You didn't do that behind a desk. How do you relate to people that are that are business oriented that have no concept of the military and especially an elite group like the green beret. Well, that that's one of the great skills of being a green beret is, is that's what we do. We understand how to adapt to a culture, whether it's, whether it's in uh, Uganda, Afghanistan, or the corporate headquarters up the road in Denver, we understand how to listen and hear the culture and understand what is okay, what's not okay, how does it flow? And the reason we go to language school is we learn how to translate what we know, the best decision decision making process ever invented, the Army's military decision making process. We know how to convert that into the other people's language, the culture, so that they can understand it and use it. I actually taught a master's level uh, program or class for Fairleigh Dickinson University for two and a half years called planning and program development. And you know what that curriculum was based on? The Army's decision-making process. <laughs> I took the Army's decision-making process and translated it into business speak, literally. Right. It's, it, those of you who know the MDMP and the Army's decision-making process and troop leading procedures and all those sort of old school Army things, you right. look at my curriculum from that, from teaching that class, you'll go, oh yeah, boom, boom, yeah. boom, boom. <laughs> yeah, like they don't necessarily 100%. have a proprietary interest in that either. You can use it all day long. Doesn't matter. That's great. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. That's, that I mean, as a Green Beret, that's a that, that is the one of the most important skill sets that we learn because our job is to train others how to do our job. We're experts. We we become experts in what we do. 
so that we can teach others to become experts. That's what right. Green Berets do. Then, as I always like to say, it's the Tom Sawyer approach. I'm going to get you to whitewash the fence so I ain't whitewashing the fence. Right. I'm going That's to go right. back it's, home. Yeah, this is fun. Whitewashing the fence is mm -hmm. fun. I um, I yeah. before I before I ask for some closing comments, could you tell us repeat again for us? Uh, LinkedIn contact info, um, website name of the book. Give us give us a rundown mm -hmm. so we can look you up. Sure. the The easiest place to start is uh is our our website tribe-purpose.com, and from there you can click the get started but button. You can schedule a call with me there. I also highly recommend you sign up for our weekly newsletter, Monday Moments. Comes out on which day? Monday. Monday. And uh, what that is, that's the lessons I learned this week, sharing them with you Monday morning so that you can gain that information and momentum from me, from what I've been learning and accelerate your success. So that's number one. Number two is findyourpurpose.coach. And we have some free downloads there from the Veterans Advantage to the R&R Fishing. And really what those are, they're, they're two different ways of getting time back in your schedule, getting back in control of your life and right. starting to live with intention. Because as I mentioned earlier, if you live with intention in pursuit of your purpose to achieve your success, man, you can't go wrong and you won't ever be happy. Uh, you won't ever be happy. You won't ever be pissed off and frustrated because that's the way we should all be living. Finally, you can find me on LinkedIn, Otis McGregor. We've also got a tribe and purpose group. Uh, we've got purpose pursuit Facebook group. If you want to join that and get a few more, you know, nuggets of information and, and, and nudges to get you going and help you stay focused in achieving your goals of success. So yeah, it, it's, there, there's a lot of opportunity. We're on Instagram, uh, Facebook, and uh, what's the, uh, oh, Twitter and uh, TikTok. Man, I got to keep, I hope they don't come up with any more of them things because it's hard enough to keep track of what we yeah. got going now. <laughs> yeah, there's, oh, a, there's our, a, our a variety of opinion too. on all those elements yeah, and yeah. platforms too. Uh, I can't, I can't uh, forget about our podcast, the Cam and Otis yes. show. Yes. Uh, we're on all the, all the podcast networks and we've got a great YouTube channel with YouTube shorts. So snippets from uh, the show. Uh, you can also subscribe to us on YouTube. And when you subscribe to us, you're sure to get my whiskey words on Wednesdays. So uh, if you don't know what that is, you'll have to subscribe <laughs> and just check it out. Okay, definitely. I, I absolutely will. I absolutely will. I, I I applaud your success and your enthusiasm. And it's uh, it's because of veterans like you that can express what they've done, how they found meaning and purpose after the service. Uh, it makes transition so much more easy for those people so that they don't make the same mistakes you did. Right? Exactly. It's the same. Exactly. I think it's the same hope that we have for our children. Just please don't make the same mistakes I did. That's oh, awesome. I'm passionate about it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, uh, parting comments, Otis. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it again. That you should live with intention. Be in charge of your life. Pursue your purpose. If you don't know what your purpose is, go to findyourpurpose.coach and set up a vision analysis call with us to get you started. And then That's once great. you know what direction that is, 
Then the next thing is, what's your success? Define your success and start achieving it, man. That's life is so much better when you do that. Don't go through the motions anymore. I, I got to tell you, uh, I want to say thank you to Otis McGregor, retired Lieutenant Colonel Green Beret. Uh, you are motivating the hell out of me. I, I'm, I'm going to copy shamelessly some of the things that you've taught us today. I really do appreciate it. Uh, thank you very much, sir. Please have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thanks. Thanks, Kevin. Happy New Year and Merry Christmas to you. Yes, sir.